Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am here with Sarah. Hi, everybody. We just had a little snack. Yes, we did. I walked out with a cutting board, and on said cutting board was a Honeycrisp apple. And because we said maybe in one of the last episodes that we were going to try this, the Beekeeper's Natural Cacao Honey Superfood Spread. So it's chocolate and it's honey. And and the only time I've tried it is on these apple slices. And then you had some almonds and we put the almonds in there too. Yes. That's what we're going to give away today. I know. I love that. And your display was very pretty. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. I think I'm looking at it now going, <laughs> liar. Yeah. No, not as pretty anymore <laughs> as we devoured it. But <laughs> it was. No, seriously. Okay. So we're going to give this away today because if you are somebody who has a sweet tooth because the combination of even though it's it's cacao it's not like it's milk chocolate or anything like that so the cacao is a little bit rich um but i mean it's honey right so it's it's definitely sweet but you want to keep your sweet indulgences um in line with your goals something a little bit healthier the ingredients on this we were just talking about that it is literally honey and organic cacao powder yeah i That's love it. how clean it is That's and it. The jar is so cute too, so it can't even. It doesn't even have the room to list all the. I know, I know. It's a it's a four ounce jar, yeah. four point four ounces, so it's small, um, but that's perfect because like you you wouldn't want to have a lot of it. No, but it's so rare that you find something with two ingredients. I know, no kidding. That's so good. So that is what we are going to give away today: is a jar of this cacao honey spread from Beekeepers Naturals. Uh, It is just honey and organic cacao powder. So all you got to do is listen to the end and you might be the winner of this delectable little treat that we had on apples. But Sarah's first comment was maybe toast, maybe like biscotti. Yeah, something like that. Like, yeah, something like a little bit less because here's the thing when you have it with apples it's like sweet on sweet exactly yeah but if you like sweet that might totally work for you but mm-hmm. toast or what's something else savory I don't know I, ke- I kept thinking of pretzels but I what about if you're somebody who does like a chia pudding oh yeah that could be really good yes because if you do chia pudding you need like the sweet for that mm-hmm. yeah anyway If you want to win, all you got to do is leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon. Or lastly, you can just post on Instagram or Facebook. Take a little screenshot of your phone as you listen to the podcast. Tag me in it because we give something away this week. And this week it is the Beekeepers Natural Cacao Honey Superfood Spread. And if you're listening and you don't win at the end of the show, but you want to get it, 
make sure to use the coupon code PRIMALPOTENTIAL. One word, you just go to beekeepersnaturals.com, use the coupon code PRIMALPOTENTIAL, one word, you get 15% off, and you know Sarah will approve that you shop to the coupon. That's right. Yeah. All right. We've got questions, Mm -hmm. mostly mindset stuff related today, which is always fun. You want to dive right in? Yeah. Can you talk about the difference between the lose weight mindset versus the love the skin you're in mindset? I really don't know which I should be going with. Mindset is so personal. And this is just one woman's perspective. Freaking both, right? If you want to lose weight to get healthier, fantastic. And that is not at odds with being okay where you are right now. A lot of times I think people get conflicted or struggle more and feel less content because they think that if they have a goal, I want to get to some future point, then everything before that is somehow not good enough, right? Like if you want to have $10,000 in the bank, then you are going to be dissatisfied until you do. Or if you want to lose 50 pounds, then you can't possibly be satisfied right now, 50 pounds heavier. And I call garbage on that because ultimately, this is perspective. At every single point of my life, I have wanted something more, something different. And I have experienced that both being content and grateful for where I am and also being discontent and ungrateful for where I am. So when I wanted to lose a lot of weight years and years ago, I hated my body. Now I'm at a place where I want to lose weight again and I don't want to hate my body through the process. We can pursue change and also be cool with where we're at. If you are telling yourself, well, if I tell myself that I'm okay with my body as it is, then I won't possibly lose weight. I say, no, you've got some mindset work that you need to do there because it's kind of like financially. Things have never been, uh, I have never made the money in my life that I'm making right now. And I'm very grateful for that. And I feel very proud of that. And I in no way intend to stay here at this level. So being excited about where I am, being cool with where I'm at does not keep me from doing more. And the same exact thing is true with weight. And yet people act like it's not. It's kind of like if you have two kids and you really, really, really want a third, does that mean that if you are so happy with your two kids that you won't be able to pursue having a third? that you won't be motivated to do what it takes? No, absolutely not, right? So I would challenge you to think about how can I practice both gratitude and appreciation for the body I have now and my ability to change it and eager anticipation about stepping into the best, healthiest version of myself. In life, we tend to desire simplicity and like it's either this or it's that. Either I love the skin that I'm in or I pursue weight loss. When the reality is that it's almost always both. It's not either my relationship is great or it needs to get better. It's both. It's not either I'm okay with my finances as they are or I'm trying to change them. More often than not, it's both. So for me right now in this period where I genuinely do want to lose weight, I also practice 
being grateful for the fact that I can move, for the factful fact that I'm alive, for the fact that I can make choices today to be really present and happy with exactly what I have right now because I don't know what tomorrow will bring and also use the moments today to create change. You know, like, is there anything in your life where you're like, I want to be really grateful and I also want it to be different? Well, this in particular is something that I've struggled with in the past, like wanting to improve my body, but then also love it and be grateful for it. And it was interesting to listen to you talk about that both mindset, because that was definitely my struggle. Like Mm. I was thinking it was one or the other, like every day I have to be focused on losing weight. And so in that instance, I was sort of irritated with my body and Mm -hmm. didn't like it and enjoy it. And then other days I'd be like, okay, I really need to enjoy my body, but wouldn't be focused on the weight loss part. I would be like indulgent or something. And I think every day you can be both. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't think that way. Yeah. But it's very freeing when you do. It's just a mental construct that it has to be one or the other. And it's a construct that really keeps us from possibility and it limits us so dramatically. It's just not necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Next question. What's the best way for me to accomplish my goals? I thought this was really interesting because this person capitalized me. Mm -hmm. Like, tell me how I can best accomplish my goals. The challenge with that is I don't know you or your goals or what you've tried before. You know what I mean? Um, So if we look at this generally, what is the best way for a particular person to accomplish their goals? I think there are some things that are broad in general, like get to work today. You know what I mean? Take action today. Instead of believing in this notion that you need some perfect plan or some elaborate strategy, get into action today. The best way for anybody to accomplish anything is to start taking action in a, in a way that will move you in that direction today. The other big thing is be super honest. Last night I was on a... Um, a coaching call with my 12 weeks to transformation clients and somebody asked on the call like what what some of my biggest like revelations were in my own physical transformation and I and I remember I said I was like it's tough to answer that without kind of thinking it through over time and really taking a lot of time to reflect but off the top of my head here on the spot one of my biggest revelations in in losing over 100 pounds was how unbelievably dishonest I had been with myself for so long. I lied about uh, why I was eating. I lied about what I was eating to myself and to others. I lied about what I really wanted and how I really felt. And I didn't have awareness in the moment of whether or not I was being, I wasn't even asking myself, like, is this even real? Is this even true? Are you lying? Are you being honest? And I think that, for anybody to accomplish their goals, they have to be committed to evaluating if they're being honest or not. And I think that's a huge part of it. And then know what are your goals? What are your goals? Be very specific. It is not enough to have a a vague aspiration that I want to get healthier. I want to eat cleaner. I want to save more money. You need to be very, very specific. And then In terms of best practice, make sure you're bringing your attention to them daily. I've talked a lot about this, how I write out my goals every single morning. And I have goals for the year as well as goals for the month. 
and I don't take action on each of them every single day, but I do bring my attention to them every single day. So this question is challenging in that I don't know this individual, I don't know their learning style, I don't know their their challenges based on past patterns, but the beginning thing I would say is action today, a commitment to the awareness of am I being totally honest, and then do you have clarity, which we're going to talk more about in a minute, do you have clarity on what those goals are and are you bringing your attention to them daily? How do you deal with a negative work environment? There's so many pieces to this, you know, and, and I guess the biggest one is like, know that you don't have to stay in it. Mm. More often than not, a negative work environment is more negative in our minds than in our reality. Not always, right? There are work environments that are straight up undeniably abusive. I worked in one setting where very regularly people were using drugs in executive meetings. Um, that's all I'll say about, about that. But um, there was a lot of drug use in the building. There was a lot of yelling and screaming in the building. Um, and in that case, I think, leave. There are more opportunities available to us today than ever before. And while, yeah, you might not find a job in a day or a week or maybe even in a month, you can find another environment, period, hard stop, no exceptions to this. With that said, it's not always the work environment. Sometimes it's the perspective you choose about the work environment, especially if you are somebody who goes into work thinking, this person sucks and I hate the way this person does things and I would do it differently. You get what you focus on. So, if you are looking for all the ways that it's bad, then you are going to disproportionately see what is bad and you're going to overlook all the things that are good. So if it is not a situation where it's like, nope, this is straight up undeniably abusive or toxic, in that case, leave. If it's a situation where it's just like, I don't like the management style, I don't like the people, there's gossip and complaining, I think you've got to give a disproportionate amount of energy to what is good and what is right. And I was in another work situation where for years I kind of thought, I don't like these people, I don't like the process, but at the end of the day I wasn't looking for another job and it was because there was a lot that I was getting from it. I was learning a lot and I was having a lot of new opportunities and I was making a lot of connections and the pay was decent. If you focus on what is good and what is right, you are going to see more of what is good and what is right. The other thing that I hear from a lot with my clients is when they share with me a situation about a negative work environment, it's always about somebody else. Like this person and they're toxic in the way that they communicate and this, that, and the other. What is your role in it? Now, every situation is different, right? And I'm not trying to, to paint with a broad brush here, but what is your role in it? Because what I know to be true is that people rise to the expectations that you have for them. So if you have an expectation that somebody is going to be dismissive or somebody is going to be careless or somebody is going to be irresponsible or rude, that is what you are going to get from them because just like with negativity overall, you will disproportionately see what you're looking for. So how can you look for 
what is good about that person? What do they do well? What can you learn from them? How are they helping you? What can you, in what way can you gain from the differences that you and that person have? There's so many perspective shifts that can happen that really allow us to deal with a negative work environment. But at the end of the day, why do you stay in prison when the door is so wide open? If you're not happy there, leave. What do you think about that? Well, I've been in that situation. I've actually had a couple of situations in, in work environments. Um, and one of them I did just walk out. It was, it was really, it was a very bad situation. Um, and I left mm-hmm. immediately. And the other one, I found something that I truly enjoyed doing mm-hmm. within my role. And so, you know, whenever I'd start to get in that place of like, oh my gosh, this is so negative. I can't take it. Or this is bothering me. I would go and do that happy thing for a little while and realize uh, most of the time, like, okay, this isn't so bad. Or I just needed to like reframe my mind. Um, and focus on the things that are good or that I'm good at or enjoy or something. So, I mean, that's such a great point for life in general, right? Outside of the work environment side of things. So much of it is perspective because we can make a mountain out of a molehill. At the end of the day, I'm healthy enough to work. I have a job. I get paid to be here. I have whatever benefits. You can choose that perspective, other than the perspective of everything that's wrong and that you don't like. And that is true whether we're talking about work or we're talking about a family holiday or we're talking about your body or anything else. This mindset piece of it really does control how we feel about any part of our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's also true if you have like a bad day. Mm -hmm. I know for me, sometimes it's just a matter of like three minutes out of the day that we're awful. Yeah, and you categorize the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Just write it off. Terrible day. Well, and I've seen the meme on social media that's like, did you have a bad day or did you have a bad moment that you've been replaying over and over again all day? Exactly. Right. Or all week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Back to goals. How do I gain more clarity about my goals? Everything I want is general and a bit fuzzy. And also, where do I start to work on getting clarity? So sometimes perfect can be the enemy of good. And what I mean by that is any one of us can sit down and brainstorm what are some goals I have for my life. But then we hem and we hum. We're like, well, I'm not really sure about that. Or I don't know which one's more important. And then we get caught up on our uncertainties instead of just going with what we have. So I really believe that the first step to clarity about your goals is draft one. What do I want? What is missing? What do I want more of? What do I want less of? What changes? do I want to make? If I had a magic wand, what would I change? Start there. Now you have more clarity. As soon as you're done that, you have more clarity. Now you absolutely can kind of like mull over each one. What do I have to give up to make this happen? What do I have to change to make this happen? Is it worth it? Do I want to do that? You know, for me, for example, writing a book, it's not currently on my goals for 2020 because While I do want to write another book, when it kind of goes down on that first list of of possible 2020 goals, I don't want to give the time this year that I know it would take to make that happen. So when you consider, what do I have to do to make this happen, that gives you a lot more clarity. Having written a book before, 
I know that I would need big and frequent blocks of time in a different setting to write. And in first year as a mom, that's not something I want to do. So clarity part one is, let's brainstorm. Clarity part two is, is this now or is this later? What would this look like in action? Do I want to do what it takes to do this? What other options are there? And for me, an easy other option was this becomes a 2021 project instead of a 2020 project. And if I, you know, get a little momentum on it towards the end of the year, great. But it's not throwing it out completely, but asking some follow-up questions helps to build clarity. If you feel like, and this person wrote in, everything I want is general and a bit fuzzy, then sit with that thing that's general and say, if this was more specific, what would it look like? It's never more complicated than that. Oftentimes, when something feels general or unclear, we stop there and and we act as though it's a barrier, like I'm fuzzy on it. Okay, so get unfuzzy, right? Start asking yourself some questions. If I could make progress on this in the next 30 days, what would that look like? If I could be halfway there in 90 days, what would have to be done? And when you ask yourself those clarifying questions, that is the work of creating clarity. The last thing I'll say about this is a lot of clarity comes from action, from not planning on it, not setting it as an objective, but actually getting in there and doing the work because you might see, okay, this is going to take a little bit longer or there are some other obstacles that I need to remove or I don't like how I feel as I begin to prioritize this goal. So much of clarity comes from being in the trenches, doing the work every single day. It's also okay to not be sure. Yeah. Sometimes people think that clarity requires the absence of any uncertainty, and that's just garbage. I have my goals. Are there other ones that should be on there that aren't? Are these the perfect goals? Am I going to hit them? No idea. It doesn't matter. Another piece of clarity is just commitment to it. Could it be better? Could it be different? Did you miss something? Yeah, probably. But don't have the expectation that clarity requires the absence of uncertainty because I don't think that's true. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I got to work on that myself. I love just deciding this is what the goal is going to be. And could I second guess it for a hundred years? Sure. But then I wouldn't get anywhere. Right. So we just go with it. Yeah. Like doubling my podcast audience in 2020. Mm-hmm. Is that even realistic? I have no idea. We're just going for it. Yeah. Is that the best business goal? I have no idea. We're just going for it. Love that. Take an action. Yeah. Please tell us what happened regarding your insurance saying you wouldn't be covered because you hadn't specified a provider. I think your message about problems arising and you confront them with a growth mindset was a brilliant message. This question kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop because I was like, when did I talk about this? Yeah. You I'm knew trying about to, it. But yeah, I knew you did it, but I couldn't recall where it was or when. Okay, so somebody's asking me to tell us about a situation that happened to me and, and essentially how I handled it. The situation is this. About seven months into my pregnancy, do you think? Probably. I recognized that I was just getting a lot of bills in the mail for, you know, you have to do the, the constant urinalysis and, and the ultrasounds and blah, blah, blah. And I just felt like, for a lady with insurance, I'm getting an awful lot of bills here. And at first, I was just writing checks and, and sending them out. And then after a while, I was like, 
something seems off here. And I called the insurance company. We'll make this quick. But essentially what they said with that particular insurance company, you have to register your pregnancy. And if you don't register your pregnancy, they won't cover any of it. And it kind of rang a bell because when I first found out I was pregnant, I had called the insurance company to just get an explanation of my benefits, like what are my maternity benefits. And they told me then about registering it. And I tried to, but I couldn't at that time because I didn't have a, a specific named provider. I had a doctor's office, but at that practice, you just kind of see everybody. So I didn't have like a doctor who was my doctor. So I thought, well, whenever that happens, I'll take care of it. But seven months in, it didn't happen because that's not how this practice works. So anyway, the insurance company says, yeah, so we haven't paid any of your claims because you hadn't registered your pregnancy. I said, okay, well, can I do it today and get this taken care of? And they said, yes, you can register it today, but it will only be effective from today. It won't be retroactively um, covering any past bills. I was like, well, that's ridiculous because I'm seven months along. And essentially this person is saying like, what happened? How did you confront this? And, and the question says like, you know, confronting things with a growth mindset was a brilliant message. To me, I don't see this as like a growth mindset thing, but rather just being more attached to the solution than the problem. Don't get me wrong. When they told me that, I was like, that's garbage. Are you kidding me? This isn't acceptable. But staying in indignation really doesn't do anything for anybody. So it just became a matter of who else do I need to talk to to get this resolved? And jumping immediately into the solution, I called the doctor's office that day. They said, oh, we never got the paperwork from your insurance company. I called the insurance company and they said, you know, talk to your doctor's office. And the doctor's office told me not to worry about it. And then there was all these bills that were unpaid. And while I was frustrated with the situation, I was more concerned with like, how do we fix it? What is the solution here? And after many phone calls and trying to figure things out, I, I had Sarah jump on it. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, obviously not everybody has a Sarah. But honestly, if it, if it wasn't Sarah and Sarah wasn't in my life or I didn't have a team or anything like that, I probably would have had Chris do it or my mom or something like that. The reason I tapped out is because at that point, you know, eight plus months pregnant, I was just like, I I'm not. I'm not patient enough to do this, but at the same time, that doesn't mean I'm going to hang up my hat. It's not either I don't do it at all or I do it and hate it. It's not either I do it calmly and patiently or I do it like a raging lunatic. Have, have somebody in your life take up the bat for you, you know? I know my mom would have been happy to do it, but Sarah has experience um, from previous jobs and stuff with insurance companies and whatnot, so... I mean, your take was kind of the same, Sarah, right? Like, we just have to ask questions and get solutions. Yes, and kind of squash the runaround. Yeah. With the, like, no, you have to call this person or this person or this person. Someone needs to take some responsibility and, and make the next move. Yeah. But ultimately, I guess growth mindset is part of it because part of having a growth mindset is the problem as it exists right now is not the end point. It's the beginning point. And that is where I think a lot of people stop and it's where I want to start. 
I was not going to, oh my gosh, now I have to pay all these bills and my pregnancy isn't covered. The problem of no coverage was our starting point. Who do we need to talk to? This is not acceptable. Let's get some answers from people. And then even after the insurance company had the paperwork, sorting out, okay, so do I get money back? How much? When? Where is it being sent? Of all of these bills on my desk, which ones do I owe and how much? Commitment to seeing it through, even if it's slow, even if it's painful, even if you have to get somebody else to help, I think the difference is when you're confronted with something, do you just accept it and then pitch a fit and feel sorry for yourself? Or do you look at, there's always another way. There's always another scenario. There's always another option. And that's kind of what we decided to do. Yeah. Yeah. Let's give away that uh, Beekeepers Naturals cacao honey, shall Mm -hmm. we? Yes, we shall. So again, guys... This is a natural spread that comes from Beekeepers Naturals, and the only two ingredients are honey and organic cacao. We had it with apples, but our sense was sweet with sweet, maybe not the best option. Maybe go with something savory, whether that is, you know, putting it in a smoothie as the sweetener or something like chia seed pudding, Um, or if you just love sweets, you might really love it on your fruit. Yeah. You know what I was just thinking, which is probably not the best advice, but I was just wondering, like, I wonder how good that would taste over like a scoop of vanilla ice cream. You know, you know, my dad used to be really into maple syrup, like mm-hmm. like fresh, real maple syrup on ice cream. Yes. So you might be onto something there. Yeah. If anybody tries that, let us know. Yeah. Winner. Um, let us know how you use it. Yeah. Or anybody who buys it, because even if you didn't win today, you can go to beekeepersnaturals.com. But make sure, please, please, please use the coupon code Primal Potential, all one word, to save 15%. The person who wins today, do you want to say who it is? Yes. This is the Instagram handle, and it is at Livia Fit. At Livia Fit, L I V I A F I T. All you got to do is email Sarah at primalpotential.com, S A R A H, within 60 days of this episode. Otherwise, we will open up the jar and be snacking on it ourselves. That's right. Because we reserve that right after 60 days. We didn't used to have the 60 day thing. No. And then we were like, Wait a minute. We've got this stuff here. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Some of it has an expiration date. We might as well enjoy it. So, guys, you can win. All you have to do is leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon. Or you can just tag on social media, tag me and share an episode that you've loved or something that you've learned from the podcast. And you could win. That's all I got today. You got anything for today? I I know. I think that's it. You just have poison oak on your face. I do. Yeah. Yep. Very allergic, unfortunately. I'm not. Mm, You're lucky. I know, especially because there's a lot of stuff in this yard. Yes. Yeah. All right, everybody. We will talk to you soon. Have an amazing day. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.